I'm Nathaniel Rutan. Um, I've uh, been breeding old Boston Bulldogs for many, many years. Um, I remember when I was about seven years old, my dad was starting to, um, well, he had decided to have a bulldog that was, that you could carry under your arm that was tough. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that at this point we've, succeeded in that that that's a big discussion of argument to mm -hmm. some extent um in all reality my dad created the breed there was no old boston bulldog before my dad started breeding old boston bulldogs okay um from my perspective uh if it's just a big boston terrier it's still a boston terrier Okay. It, it was a recreation of what the Boston Terrier would have been originally. Okay. Where they still had the ability to do work, um, as in catch dogs, uh, what needs you, guard protection work. And I know there are Boston Terriers out there. Don't get me wrong. I know there are Boston Terriers out there that are fairly impressive. And I, I'm friends with a guy on Facebook who has a male Boston Terrier. I can't remember his name. Um, that is just crazy. Uh -huh. uh, but the ones that I'm producing are, are big. I say big. I'm, we're talking 25 to 45 pounds is uh -huh. what my dad wrote as the standard. Mm -hmm. um, 25 to 45 pounds and should be able to accomplish any task put before them. Mm -hmm. So genetically, wh what is their makeup? Yeah, I don't go into that. Okay. Uh, I, I, one of the things that's like, uh, like I've said it to a couple other people, it's like a secret recipe. If you okay. give it to everybody, is it a secret anymore? Right. There are people out there that are trying to do their own thing. I've talked to a few and really what people are trying to do is create something that is really a big Boston Terrier. They want them to get along with everything and be um, pets. And don't get me wrong, my dogs make great pets, but my mm -hmm. dogs first and foremost are a functional dog. Mm-hmm. And, and you, I breed for function above all else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every dog that's on my yard um, has either worked on coons, groundhogs. Uh, my dogs, like I said, first and foremost, are functionable working bulldogs. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that nothing in the world is in the realm of a pit bull terrier. Okay. I mean, I'm honest about it. I'm not the guy who's going to say my dogs are, are what a pit bull is. Pit bulls were created for a purpose and I'm not talking the blue ones. I'm not talking the mm -hmm. dogs that people are breeding today. I'm talking the original style of pit bull is one and only 
for function. Mm-hmm. My, my dad wrote a story. Uh, I say story, true story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, he's been gone since 96. And while I was in the military, he uh, got some half wild hogs and uh, had a female named, uh, shoot, it's been too many years ago. I want to say speculation, but that's mm-hmm. not right. And uh, he, he, one of the hogs got loose and the dog got loose and uh, they uh, literally killed each other. Um, so, I mean, when I say my dogs work, they are a working breed for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And me and a cousin of mine killed a old 50 or 60 coons out of a barn one year out in a rural area of uh, Ohio. And I mean, no guns. It's it's. Uh, I see these people using guns and and hunting and stuff. And don't get me wrong, gun hunting is fine. But when you're doing barn work, uh, let the dogs work. Absolutely. And every dog at some point served a purpose. Yeah. And the ones that are leaving the purpose that they served are the ones that people are having issues with. Mm-hmm. So every dog had a purpose and mm-hmm. once their purpose is gone, how does that dog continue to, to function as a, mm-hmm. I mean, they, they function as pets. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. some dogs are not meant to be solely pets and people, I mean, and I'm honest with everybody, people that like me, like me, people that don't like me, don't like me. Uh, they either they either want a working dog or they don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also guarantee every puppy I sell for life against any genetic problem with a replacement puppy. Okay. I don't have genetic issues in my dogs. Back in the early 80s. In the early 80s. Wow. Yeah, he started registering them, I think, around 80, 89, 88, 89. I mean, he had paper handwritten stuff but i mean started actual started the national dog registry for rare breeds and working dogs okay and uh and uh i think it was late 80s maybe mm-hmm. early 90s i, I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. and at that point it was easier to keep track of what you were breeding and line up the pedigrees and and go for things that you wanted to go go for traits you wanted versus traits that you might want to eliminate Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm a, I'm the guy, I don't care what the height is. I don't care how tall a dog is. I try to stick to the 25 to 45 pound range. I've had a couple dogs go under 25 pounds. You don't dispose of that dog. I mean, if that dog's a working dog, you breed it to a larger dog. I like the 45 pound top out. I've, I've got a male here now that weighs about 55 pounds. You breed him to smaller females. You produce because you don't want to eliminate something that you really like because mm-hmm. of weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously, you try to stick to a standard. Um, I personally don't like tricolor dogs. Uh, okay. I get tricolor dogs every once in a while. Uh, one of the best females I ever had was a dog named Trinity. Um, she was tricolor. Uh, I just uh, everybody's like. Loving on the tries. I'm not a try guy. I don't mm-hmm. like tri-color. First thing my wife said when I brought her home was, 
why'd you go get a beagle? <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, I mean, and she knew how I felt about tricolor dogs, but this specific dog was crazy drive, ability, personality. She had the whole enchilada. Mm -hmm. I, I look at what I like in a dog and I use that, that specific trait and go to another dog that might have mm -hmm. that same trait. If it, and I, most of the time I'm right on what I want. Mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the, I've been wrong a few times. Mm -hmm. it, it just happens. Uh, I do go for, I want, one of my main things is drive. I want the I want the ability to be there. Uh, mm -hmm. I had a female that really she she wanted to do it, but she just didn't have the ability. Mm -hmm. She just wasn't able to com complete the task. But if I took her to a male that had the ability, it produced dogs that had the ability that were really phenomenal dogs. Mm -hmm. There are a few. Uh, there's a guy named Mike McDaniel out in Washington State. He's yeah. every dog he's got came from me. He's a really good guy. Um, uh, I'm working on some others. Uh, there's a kid named Paris. Uh, I've known him since he was 16. I call him a kid. He's no longer a kid. He's in his 30s now. Right. He's been he's bought purchased multiple dogs off me over the years. Mm -hmm. uh, he actually has a son to Trinity now. Um, uh, but he's not breeding right now. I mean, he's just a dog lover. Mm -hmm. And uh, I uh, I really would like to have a few more partners. It always makes life easier on me. Mm -hmm. Right. Because then I can go out to other people and, and bring dogs back that I know where they come from. I know what the genet genetics behind them are. And it's it's tough if you don't have partners. Yeah, the gene pool kind of gets a little small. Is that? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, is that that I am a firm believer in is uh, if you see something you don't like, don't do that breeding again. Okay. I don't care if it's the best looking dogs in the world. If they come out produce, if they produce out phenomenal looks, mm -hmm. and they don't have the ability to do the task at hand. You're defeating the purpose. Mm -hmm. you, I also uh -huh. believe with all my heart that if you are breeding for function, the looks will come. You okay. will get the look that you want. Yeah, You're not going to have a yard full of dogs that don't look like what you want. Right. I mean, there was a guy in Virginia named Jim Thorpe. He's passed away a few years ago now uh -huh. that all his dogs came from me. Okay. But if you went from my yard to his yard, the look was completely different. Okay. Because he bred for what he wanted and I bred for what I wanted. So you're, you're, and, and that's the great thing in my opinion with the breed is uh -huh. you can have a look that you prefer and you can get that look just by breeding what you like. Mm-hmm. They don't have to look exactly like the dogs on my yard. Okay. As long as the function's there. Okay. To me, personal. I mean, right. obviously, to some people, function means nothing. To me, function means everything. Right. 
Absolutely. Um, the, uh, house dogs that I've had over the years, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, they normally latch onto the family more so like my working dogs, my outside hunting dogs, I do not want them to be at all man aggressive. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not a, not a trait I look for. Mm -hmm. Uh, the house dogs though, once they've moved into your house and they become your house dog, they naturally become protective of the house and of the Mm -hmm. people in the house. Mm -hmm. It's just a normal function. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's a a plus. And I, and I honestly, I had this conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday. Mm -hmm. I hope that as time goes on, the world we live in today goes back to a working dog world mm-hmm. instead of leaning toward the uh i'm trying to figure out how to say this and be i'm not a very politically correct guy i'm gonna tell you um away a i would much rather see the world lean away from these um uh pet only dogs Mm-hmm. Uh, I would much rather see them go back to a working ability dog mm-hmm. because, I mean, I talk to people all the time who have dogs that are popping up with cancer. Not that cancer can't happen in any dog. Mm-hmm. They're popping up with cancer at three years old. They're, right. they're, uh, it got hip dysplasia at 10 months old. They got whatever. I mean, essentially, you're looking at dogs that are, are being bred for nothing but looks. You're, you're looking at health defects popping up because they're not breeding for the health of the dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of the questions I get when I get calls, because I do, I, I tell everybody, I got working dogs. A lot mm-hmm. of the questions I get are, do they make good house dogs? And the answer to that is absolutely. They make great house dogs. They just need a little more exercise than the normal run-of-the-mill bulldog. They mm-hmm. they got to have an outlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I always tell people is if you get a male, if you have a male bulldog already, or male anything, get a female. Mm-hmm. Don't put yourself in that situation. Uh, a lot of people don't listen, but that's, that's on them at that point. Mm-hmm. But I tell everybody, don't have two males in your house. Don't have two females in your house. You're setting yourself up for a situation. Mm-hmm. The, and, and on that, I mean, I, I don't live in a mansion. I got a 1,500 square foot house. Mm-hmm. Um, in all reality, I mean, I got a fenced in front yard. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, my dogs really get enough exercise right here in my house. I mean, if they get antsy, you know, they tuck their butts and they take off running and run around the house and right. come back and lay down for 20 minutes or whatever. But these dogs make great family pets. Uh huh. I just say the people who are breeding them need to breed for the ability. Right. If you're not breeding them, they're a great family pet. It doesn't uh-huh. matter. They got the ability to do what they need. Mm-hmm. But we also have the opportunity to push forward and have a true, continue to have a true working dog. Mm -hmm. That you're going to walk down the street and everybody's going to go, 
what is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, and I don't know how to word this either. Like I said, I'm not a great big politically correct guy, but they're not so huge that they're going to drag you down the road. Mm-hmm. And they're not so little that you're going to be embarrassed to walk that dog. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, I talk to a lot of people and I always tell them, just enjoy your dog. Enjoy mm-hmm. your bulldog. I also tell people, do not take them to dog parks. I don't care what kind of dog you have. In my opinion, taking any dog, any bulldog to a dog park mm-hmm. is setting that dog up for failure. Okay. Okay. Because you're going to have that lab. You're going to have that whatever that thinks it's boss of the dog park. It's going to come running over because your bulldog's 45 pounds. He's 100 pounds or whatever he is. Right. And he's going to say, I'm telling your bulldog what to do. And your bulldog's going to go, you're joking, right? (laughs) Right. I don't care what you weigh. You ain't telling me what to do. Right. And then you have an issue. Right. I am big on socialization. Huge. I just got a dog back from a house that he had never had a leash on. He had lived there with the same four dogs, same family members. Mm-hmm. his whole life um and no socialization mm-hmm. he's really good with dogs but he is very standoffish of people because he had no socialization um i tell everybody uh as soon as you get them start socializing mm-hmm. get them used to people get them to know their boundaries anything they do this is another thing i tell people anything they do that's cute at four months old or three months old that ain't going to be cute when they weigh 45 pounds don't let them do right because it turns into an issue Mm -hmm. you're allowing them to it's just like a child anything you let your child do when they're a kid they're going to do the same thing when they become an adult because it wasn't bad when they're a kid Mm-hmm. You let a bulldog get away with something as a, a baby, he's going to think it's okay as an adult. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just, I mean, it, you can only tell people so much. Mm-hmm. And they're either going to listen or they're not. I, I'm i a pretty bold guy. Yeah. Um, but I do get the people that say, this was not what I anticipated. Um, it's it's just one of them things where until you've had one, it's really hard to explain to you mm-hmm. what they the ability they have. Mm-hmm. I mean, these dogs are endless ability. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a guy send me a video of his dog climbing a tree after a squirrel. And, uh, I mean, people call me and my dog just ran down rabbits. I mean, crazy stuff that you don't anticipate that happens. Mm -hmm. And, but nobody's mad about it. They're just like, my gosh, I had no idea this dog could do this. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really a phenomenal. Some of the stories I get are, I mean, they're even new to me. I mean, things I haven't seen happen, and I'm like, my gosh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I mean, like last year, last year, the year before, um, there's a male. He was on a working hog farm, and uh, 17 years old, and they had to have him put to sleep on a working hog farm. This dog worked his whole entire life. Well, I say whole entire life, probably from about a year old on. Mm-hmm. If a hog got loose, he caught the hog, kept rodents down, kept coons out, the whole nine yards for 17 years. Wow. I ain't wow. saying that at the end. He, I ain't saying at the end he did the same thing, but you know, that's yeah. pretty dang good. I always say the the harder they work, the less the life expectancy, but that one there stayed 17 years uh, on a working hog yeah. farm. I mean, uh, I, I'm seeing anything from 12 to 17 years on average. Uh, I don't see a whole lot less than that. That's good. I did a little bit of weight pull. Okay. Um, I was just going to, yeah. Few year, it's been, I say a few years ago, it's probably been 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I had a little, she was 10 or 11 months old, so it didn't count. Uh, she was about 28 pounds, and she pulled over 700 pounds first time in wow. a harness. Um, I mean, really, and, and there's another girl, I can't think of her name right off the top of my head, so I, I do apologize, but she uh, she does fly ball with herds. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think. There, there are a couple different people that do different things. Uh, I can't keep up with everybody. Mm-hmm. Um but I do, I do enjoy watching the stuff. It's just one of the things where uh, to do that kind of thing, you got to keep that dog focused. Mm-hmm. And but for the most part, um, I mean, like I said, males don't get along with males, females don't get along with females. Mm-hmm. For the most part, I've seen it work, but your best. The thing I tell people is your best bet is to, if you have a pet at home, get a different opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I have a, my ground dog that I have right now is a Jag Terrier. And okay. uh, I like okay. him quite a, quite a bit. Uh, he's he's pretty good dog. They got a really good nose on them. They're smart dog. Um, it's really, really smart dog. Um, I just... Uh, I'm a bulldog guy. I mean, that's yeah. what it boils down to. I get my ground dogs to, for ground work, mm-hmm. and uh, really they work out really well. Jags especially. They're mine are the one I got. He's very non-dog aggressive, so he works out really, really well. Unless mm-hmm. you've got a really bushy male bulldog, and yeah. then you just know you can't work them together. Right. There's a whole lot of people out there I respect. Um, I mean, I completely 100, 100% respect Velma Moore and what she's doing. We're not, we're, we're not going the same direction, but I do respect what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I'm bad with names. Um, yeah. I'm just not the best guy with names. Uh, and I'm trying, I can see the girl's face. I can't think of her name. It's a girl mm-hmm. in Indiana. She, I respect what she's doing. Mike McDaniel, I mean, he's going the same direction I am. I, I respect what he's doing. Um, uh, I just, honestly, I mean, I wish we could all come together mm-hmm. and uh, work for a common goal. Uh, 
but I'm not going to, I mean, it's like the leopard can't change his spots. I'm redneck, buddy. I can't change the way I'm going to be. And I am 100% firm in raising and working my bulldogs. Mm -hmm. And so there's other people that are kind of moving away from that. Is that kind of what you're alluding well, to? Well, I mean, I'm not saying they're moving away from it. I'm just saying that there are people out there who uh, have Boston Bulldogs, but they're not necessarily working dogs. Okay. And I say Boston Bulldogs. It's it's different. It's not the same. They're not, we're not breeding the same thing. Right. Right. Came, originated the old Boston Bulldog because he wanted a Bulldog that wasn't going to bring the bad publicity that was coming down on the pit bull. I, I enjoy what I do. I like what I have. And mm -hmm. I, and there ain't nobody in the world ever going to tell anybody that I ever lied to them because if you ask me a question, I give you an answer. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I don't want to answer it, then I tell you no. And but I didn't lie to you. Mm -hmm. And that's what my thing is. Is I mean, even with even with everything that goes on, I I like the people that I talk to. I like the people that are breeding the dogs. We just don't have the same vision. My vision, wholeheartedly, is to have working dogs mm -hmm. ability over everything else all right and that's what that's what the old boston bulldog was created for was the ability over all else mm -hmm. and i mean and with that ability with that function because you get you get the form you get the uh the family pet you get everything mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about all the health issues that go along with breeding to us a, a set standard and i mean obviously there's a standard but not a a rigid standard i should say right yeah it kind of goes you said you have an english bulldog he's healthy or you know what i mean he's healthy fit, for an english yeah but if you look at an english bulldog back, I want to say even 40 years ago. The English Bulldog 40 years ago, uh, some of them, I'm not going to say all, but some of them could still free wealth. Some of them could free breed. Don't get me wrong, there's one in a million now that can still free wealth. There's one in a million now that can free breed. But if you continue to breed for that tight, tight look, in 40 years from now, what will you have? You're going to have zero free breeding, zero free whelping. And that's my thing. If you take the old Boston Bulldog as it is today and start breeding to a rigid standard, you're going to decline the health. You're going you're gonna to forfeit health for looks. Mm-hmm. And if you forfeit health for looks in 80 years, I'm mean, I'm just throwing out a number. In 80 years, we have Boston Terriers again. Mm -hmm. They might have a little bit of size on them. I've seen Boston. I've seen a Boston Terrier. I want to say a. I've seen a Boston Terrier in my life. AKC registered. 
that weighed 50 pounds. Wow. He was the greatest looking Boston Terrier I've ever seen. There's another one on a board that was on there, I think, yesterday or today. Weighs 40 pounds. He's a great looking Boston Terrier. Mm -hmm. But if you take him back to a, a, another Boston Terrier that looks just like him, but they both come off a of standard Boston Terriers, the pups that come off those two have got to go back to looking like standard Boston Terriers mm -hmm. because that's what the genes predict. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's also looking at dogs that produce those dogs. Right. And that's like, I mean, I can sit back and look at dogs that produce dogs that produce dogs that produce dogs and say, man, that should line up really well. Mm -hmm. And should produce exactly what I want. And that's how he's coming up with his. Right. It's pretty accurate. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm very upfront about that. I, if it, if there's a genetic issue ever something's coming out of the breeding program right for i bred old english bulldogs for a couple years and i got some cleft palates mm -hmm. and uh eliminated uh the one dog from the breeding program never got another cleft palate wow you got if you do the right thing you're going to produce healthy dogs mm -hmm. but you got to do the right thing and breed healthy dog to healthy dog you can't slip up and say, well, this dog here looks really good. Even though he's got this going on and this going on, I'm still going to use him. Mm -hmm. If he's got those things going on, he obviously there's an issue somewhere genetically. I've had a, I think I had a C-section. I'm trying to think. It's been five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And what that was, was a uh, female had nine puppies in her. One of them got turned sideways. Mm. Uh, I asked the vet, I said, should I take her out of the breeding program? The vet said she had nine puppies. She's 28 pounds and nine puppies. She said, I wouldn't take her out of the breeding program yet. Um, try her one more time. I did breed her again. And I, I mean, 28 pound dog bred her to one of my larger males because I didn't want to bring my size down. She free whelped the pups. So she just had too many puppies in her. Okay. Um, now, if she'd had to have C-section again, uh, she would have been removed from the breeding program. Mm -hmm. How many litters a year do you do you normally produce? Uh, two to three two is three. normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right on. Go I was going to say, and I haven't had any females for a few years, few female puppies. So, oh, oh wow! Been a, been a pretty good, been a pretty good waiting list on females. <laughs> okay, okay. Huh. So you live in Ohio, so it probably gets pretty cold. Yes, sir. Yeah. How do they? I ask this of everybody, just because you know I have a bulldog, and weather is is something that I have to be cognizant of when he goes outside, whether it's cold or hot. Do they withstand the cold pretty well? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you bed them down good with straw. You mm -hmm. uh, feed a little more in the wintertime. Mm -hmm. They do well. They mm -hmm. do well. No no temperature issues. And, I mean, I, if you get one that's a little older, I mean, 
you got to take a little better care of them. You got to make sure they're they're staying warmer. Yeah. I, the, I have no trouble in the summer times at all. I mean, they they're out there running and chasing and doing mm-hmm. bulldog things. Awesome. I just I just thoroughly think that everybody needs to enjoy their dogs, work their dogs, some some sort of work with the dog, mm-hmm. spend time with the dog. Sitting on the couch is great, but the dog enjoys getting out and having some fun. Mm-hmm. And whether that fun be chasing a rope or whatever it is, um, you know, keep them busy. A busy dog, and that's uh, I guess that will be something else I, I would like to say. I see all these people posting up about uh, dogs being skinny and dogs being overweight, fat, fat, fat. An obese dog is not as healthy as a lean dog. And I'm not talking skinny. I'm talking lean. I'm talking healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, I hear from a friend of mine in Maryland how if if he's got the back two ribs of a dog showing that they're, they're talking about the dog's emaciated or whatever. That's not an emaciated dog. That's a dog that's actually in shape. A dog that can actually go out and function. I like a high protein low or high fat content dog food in the wintertime. I mean, I, I where I live obviously determines what I feed. Mm-hmm. Um, with the cold weather up here, you got to keep dogs with weight. I mean, you can't, they can't lose weight. They lose weight. They shiver it off. They, whatever, you can't have that. So, I mean, I'm feeding a, a retriever. I think it's 2715. I, I can't remember right offhand, but it's 2715, I believe. And, uh, but you got to keep dogs with weight on them in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Make, I mean, well, all year long, but you don't have to focus on it as much in the summertime because in the summertime they're not going to get too cold uh but i am a firm believer in you adjust your food to your dog okay and people if a dog gets lean add a little food dog gets fat cut back on a little food Mm -hmm. a lot of people think happy fat dog happy dog and that's not mm-hmm. a true, that's not true. That's like me. I'm 260 pounds. I'm not healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. I am, but I'm not. I have issues because of my weight. Yeah. I started dropping weight. My blood pressure went down. Yeah. Uh, hopefully my sugar is going down. Hopefully yeah. everything's going down. But yeah. I weighed 160 pounds when I went in the military. I was right. healthy. Right. So a dog that should weigh 45 pounds, weighing 65 pounds, mm-hmm. is not a healthy dog. Yeah. And I try to explain that to people all the time. I mean, I get calls from people, and uh, some of them might even be watching this. I don't know, but mm-hmm. if you've got a normally, if you got a 55 pound old Boston Bulldog, he can shave some pounds. Mm-hmm. He could lose roughly 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, and I also tell people now, it used to be, I didn't have to say this, but now I tell people, if you let that dog lay on the couch all day long and it comes from me, it's going to be a 60 pound dog. 
If that dog's out doing something, he ain't going to weigh 60 pounds. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I, like I said, I got a one here that's 55 pounds. And when I say 55 pounds, I mean he's 55 pounds lean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's an in-shape dog at 55 pounds. If he was at somebody else's house, I mean, crap, what would he weigh, 70 pounds? Right. I mean, but he wouldn't be a healthy weight. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are people aren't understanding is they're they're putting all these dogs out there at fat weights, and that's not healthy for your dog. And I know I'm not just talking about old Boston Bulldogs. I'm talking in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it kills me to see these people posting this stuff up about if your dog looks like this, he's he's underfed or undernourished or he's emaciated. Most of the time, the dog don't look bad. The dog looks healthy. The dog looks mm. happy. The dog looks like he's in shape. Mm-hmm. I actually did that for a while. Okay. Um, and the dogs looked phenomenal. But my females quit coming in heat. Okay. I had no puppies for two years. Wow. So, and I don't know if I did it wrong. Dogs look good. But I don't know if I did it wrong or what I was doing and... I'll be honest, I went back to the kibble uh, and almost immediately every female came in heat and I, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I'm not saying it doesn't work for some people. It did not work for me. It was for me anyway. It was way cheaper. Was it cheaper? Okay. Oh, it was dirt cheap. I was paying 44 cents a pound and uh, well, no, hold on. That's not right. 44 cent a pound is about what I'm paying now. Anyway, it was way cheaper. And, and I mean, a big dog would eat about the size of my fist a day. Okay. And that's it. I mean, and they literally were hog fat. So I was trying to always trying to cut them back because they were just, they were packing it on. They weren't, they couldn't eat. I, and I, I, they were a little, he- they were heavier and I liked to see them, especially mm-hmm. in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, but it, it was way cheaper. I will tell you. I mean, it, okay. like, I'm thinking it was half the price or more. Wow. See, that's not something but, I thought about. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it was, it was, it was a substantial amount cheaper and don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. Like right now, I mean, I got buddies that bring me over carcasses after they've cleaned a deer or whatever. And right. I feed that to my dogs, but. It's six of one, half dozen the other. I mean, I, I yeah. think that you can go either way. Uh, for me, at this point, after doing it for a year, I prefer kibble mm-hmm. over raw. Um, if you ever want to put a, put a lot of weight on a dog fast, you get some of that raw, and it'll put the weight on them substantially in a very quick time frame. Like my routine normally starts out getting up, checking everything. And then, uh, I mean, depending on if it's a, a day I'm able to hunt or not, um, getting the dogs that I want to take hunting and getting them ready to go. Uh, I do not feed in the morning. I always feed okay. in the evening. Okay. So, once, I mean, if it's a hunt day, we go out and go hunting or run dogs in the yard, whatever it may be. And then, uh, I go uh, 
once I get back, um, we feed about 4.30 in the after, yeah, in the afternoon. Once we've fed for the day, I make sure everybody's got bed and everybody's got water. Uh, that water also in the wintertime, obviously, is checked every morning. Mm -hmm. I mean, to make sure it's not ice and they can get to the water. Mm -hmm. In the summertime, it's obviously make sure they got water. Everything water to me is a the a, a bigger factor than uh than the food. Okay. I mean, dog without water goes down fast. So water is definite every day, all the time, and then uh at night, I mean, we make sure that in the wintertime, make sure them things got bedding. I mean, up here and it gets mm -hmm. cold. They got to have that bedding. Mm -hmm. Keep them bedded down good, and they never lose any weight. Mm -hmm. For a lot of dogs shiver off a lot of weight every night, and the reason they shivering that weight off is because they don't have that bedding. Right. And uh, and when I say bedding, I'm not talking towels or blankets or any of that nice stuff. I'm talking straw. You got to right. get straw and cedar chips don't do the same thing. Hay doesn't do the same thing. Straw is hollow. It's an insulator. You put it in with them dogs, the body heat gets into that straw, that straw warms up and they keep that heat. Mm -hmm. My yeah. thing is with the cedar chips is okay. They're great for the summertime. But they ain't holding no heat in in the wintertime. I mean, I don't think they got, they don't have a thin coat like a Boston Terrier has. Okay. They have a thicker oh. coat than that. They have more of a bulldog coat of hair. Not necessarily English bulldog coat. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying. I mean, it's a, yeah. Because bulldogs have a, English bulldogs have a real thick coat. Yep. And Boston Terriers have them, it's like bristly uh -huh. short hair. The old Bostons, I mean, they don't. They don't have a coat like that. They have a coat more like a, it's hard for me to explain. It's about halfway in between, I guess. Okay. They have a coat thick enough that they're not getting, they're not as exposed as a Boston Terrier would be. Uh, okay. And they're not as frail, I mean, bone-wise and massive yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'll be honest with you. I've had them that people were like, that doesn't even look like a bulldog. But you know what? Mm -hmm. It come off of two bulldogs. And I'm going to breed it to a bulldog. Well, the one that has the longer muzzle, I'm going to take to a shorter-nosed male. Mm -hmm. And a longer-nosed male, I'm going to take to a shorter-nosed female. Mm -hmm. And that got to create that happy medium. Right. But you never want to go. I've done it a couple of times, but you don't all, very rarely will I go short-nosed to short-nosed mm -hmm. because I don't want to get that part where the nose gets so short that they have the breathing issues. Mm -hmm. Right. It's a, like I said, happy, you got to go for that happy medium of uh, having some muzzle, but not necessarily. And I'll be honest, one of my favorite dogs ever was that Trinity dog I was talking about. She had a mm -hmm. long nose. I mean, she had a snipey long nose, but I'm telling you, man, that dog was tough. She had the bulldog in her, though, right? Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. She was tough. And she, there wasn't nothing in the world she wouldn't catch, buddy. Wow. That's and awesome. And she's 100% non-dog aggressive. That's the, that's, and I don't get that very often. I'm going to be straight with anybody. Mm -hmm. but 
one if I can cut one loose and I can work a female with another female, that's a good dog right there, buddy. And uh, it's very rare, but I, I mean, obviously, I'm shooting for that non-dog aggression. If I can get that non-dog aggressive dog, that dog has a lot more potential than a dog that has that dog aggression. Yeah, for and it's know. it's less common to get that non-dog aggression in males just because the males always think they have something to prove, just like me and you. Yeah, I mean. Males always think they got to prove something to somebody. I know, yeah. And uh, that's that's where that's it's just rare in a male dog. I mean, I've got a, I got a couple male dogs uh, that I would say are fairly non-dog aggressive, but I wouldn't want to go so far as saying they are non-dog aggressive. Mm -hmm. 